You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. This is Bible teacher Nelson Walters, and today we're going to talk about the real reason Michael fought Satan for Moses' body and how this actually impacts the end times. Moses was among the most amazing God-fearing men ever, but once he passed away, why did Satan want his dead body? And why did the archangel Michael fight him for it? I mean, isn't that really strange? This has to be one of the most mysterious passages in the Bible. Why was that important to either Satan or Michael? Then what does this have to do with the end times? You see, this cosmic battle was of infinite end time importance and Christians just simply don't realize it. Otherwise, why did the two most powerful angelic beings in the universe fight over the dead body of a deceased human? Jude 1.9 refers to this event, but exactly what it entailed is not described. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil, Satan, and arguing about the body of Moses, did not dare bring an abusive condemnation against him, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. There was something about Moses' physical body that Satan wanted, but God wouldn't let him have it. So isn't that interesting? And what makes this even more mysterious is this event is found nowhere else in the Bible. But the early church father, Origen, 200 years after Jude wrote his epistle, tells us this account is found and explained in the non-canonical book, The Testament of Moses, also called The Assumption of Moses. And because Jude gave this as an example in his epistle, he wrote it in such a way that he expected Christian readers to be familiar with this example so they could understand what he was saying. So there's more to this testament of Moses than meets the eye. But the most interesting part of that is the section of the book about the struggle between Michael and Satan is missing in the modern world. It's been lost. So it's all a bit of a mystery. We have most of the Testament of Moses, but not that crucial part. So, like we said, it remains a mystery for us to figure out today. And you tell us teachings like this are why you follow this channel. Now, returning to the testimony of Moses, we do have the rest of the book, however, which purports to be Moses' testimony given to Joshua before he died. It was supposed to be Moses' final prophecies, and it has some very interesting end-time information. Check this out. And there will come upon them a second visitation, a second coming, and wrath such as not befallen them from the beginning until that time. That's Assumption of Moses 8.1. This sounds Just like what both Daniel and Jesus said about the Great Tribulation, doesn't it? Except, if Moses did write this book, it was written over a thousand years prior 
to Daniel or Jesus. And here is another passage that should sound familiar. And the horns of the sun will be broken, and he will be turned into darkness, and the moon will not give its light, and be turned wholly into blood, and the circle of the stars will be disrupted. For the Most High will arise, the eternal God alone, and he will appear to punish the Gentiles, and he will destroy all their idols. Assumption of Moses 8, 5 through 7. It appears Jesus was very familiar with the testimony of Moses, if in fact this was written by Moses. These are events that happen at the sixth seal immediately before the return of Jesus on the clouds, as found in Matthew 24, 29 and Revelation 6, 12 through 13. So although the testament of Moses isn't canon and not infallible, the Bible quotes it in several spots. And this is important. The spots that are quoted are infallible. In total, the New Testament quotes this book seven times, and the Old Testament quotes it nine times. Jude 1.9 is one of those areas that are quoted. But frustratingly, we have no definitive knowledge why the dispute arose between Michael and Satan, because that's the portion of the testimony of Moses that's missing. But given the large amount of end-time references in the book, we might infer it could have something to do with the end times. So, that's our working assumption. Others have considered alternative ideas. In Deuteronomy, we learn God buried Moses in a spot no man knows. Based on this, these other scholars say it is not unlikely that Satan wanted to know that spot where Moses was buried, so that he could have a shrine built there. Josephus wrote that he believed this to be the case. That's where the idea comes from. Then Israel would turn to idolatrous worship of Moses' bones. And I imagine this alternative idea is possible. But if so, why didn't Michael try to keep the Israelites from hundreds of of other forms of idolatrous worship that they experienced throughout the Old Testament. Instead, why did he contend for Moses' body specifically? There has to be more to it than that. You know, the tomb of David was well known, as well as the tombs of many prophets, and worship was never a problem at those other tombs. So let's look at what the Bible says about the death of Moses. You know, it's shrouded in some mystery, as we said. We know he died at the age of 120, but his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. Also, Moses was barred from entering the promised land because of his disobedience at the waters of Meribah. He led the Israelites to the very edge of the promised land, was allowed to see it from a mountaintop, but he was not permitted to enter it. And on that day, Moses climbed Mount Nebo, to an elevation of 4,500 feet. That's nearly a mile. Yeah, that's a pretty impressive feat for a 120-year-old. Pretty impressive feat for, you know, a guy in his 60s like me. The account of his death is found in Deuteronomy 34, 5 through 6. So Moses died there in the land of Moab, according to the Lord's word. He buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, facing Beth Peor, and no one to this day knows where his grave is. 
Moses is the only person in the Bible whom God personally buried. Did you realize that? The Lord hid his grave. Did you know that? Someone else had a dramatic encounter on this mountain as well. In 2 Kings 2, we learn this is the mountain where Elijah was taken in a chariot of fire up to the Lord. Now that's interesting. And maybe this coincidence is important, so let's keep it in mind. Plus something else other than Moses' body was hidden on Mount Nebo, the Ark of the Covenant. According to the book of Maccabees, one of the apocryphal books of the Bible, the prophet Jeremiah hid the ark in a cave at Mount Nebo before Jerusalem fell to the Babylonians. Are Moses' body and the ark hidden together? Well, we don't know that, but it is possible. All of these are tantalizing clues as to what's important about Moses' body. And just as interesting are the combatants in this struggle, Satan and Michael. Michael, the archangel. The word archangel means chief angel or ruler angel, an angel above other angels. And Satan is a cherubim or one of the living creatures who at one time probably guarded the throne of God. Michael seems to be the angel that God uses also to keep Satan at bay. Most angels in the Bible are described as messengers, but Michael is pictured as contending, resisting, standing against evil spirits and principalities. His very name states this question, who is comparable to God or who is like God? And in Isaiah 14, we learn that Satan, of course, wants to be like God. So Michael's very name must infuriate Satan and be like right in his face anytime he sees or encounters Michael. In the book of Daniel, Michael helps a messenger angel who was sent to Daniel. This messenger angel was held back by evil angels, and Michael helps the messenger escape from them. Then, two chapters later, Michael stands up to resist the forces of evil that come against Israel in the last days. At that time, Michael, the great prince who stands watch over your people, so he's the, specifically the angel of Israel, will rise up. There will be a time of distress such as never occurred since the nation came into being until that time. Then, if you didn't notice, this is the verse that quotes the testimony of Moses. By the way, if you remember, what does he do when he rises up? Well, he's going to cast Satan and his evil angels out of heaven. We see this in Revelation 12, 7 through 9, an event that happens right at the midpoint of the 70th week of Daniel, or the tribulation, as some call it, and likely leads directly to the revealing of the Antichrist. And although Michael is not mentioned by name, he also likely accompanies Jesus to the earth, as we see in 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, likely Michael, and with the trumpet of God. So Michael plays all sorts of important end-time roles. But what about Moses? Does he play important roles after his death? Maybe that has something to do with why they were fighting over his body. We know he does because he and Elijah appear in glorious resurrection bodies at the transfiguration of Jesus. As he was praying, 
the appearance of his face changed, that's Jesus' face, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah. They appeared in glory, which means resurrection bodies, and were speaking of his departure, meaning his final fate or death, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Luke 9, 29-31. So, as of the first century, Moses had already been resurrected. What, you're saying? How could you say that? Well, both Moses and Elijah were in resurrection bodies. Something someone only gets after a rapture, and Elijah was raptured, or after a resurrection. So Moses had to have been resurrected, maybe right after his death. Now, was Moses' dead body somehow related to all of this? How could that be? You know, God doesn't need our old beat-up bodies in order to do a resurrection, and that is absolutely true. But God's ways are higher than ours. Obviously, God had some use for that body. Maybe God has one more use for that body. Let's discuss what end-time purpose he might have for it. The Jews at the time of Jesus believed that two Old Testament saints would return in the end times. When John the Baptist began teaching in the wilderness, representatives from the priests and Levites came to him and asked him who he was. In John 1, they asked John three questions. Are you the Messiah? John said no. Are you Elijah? John said no. Are you the prophet? John said no. So the Jews were expecting three individuals, the Messiah, Elijah, and this guy, the prophet. Who is the prophet? Well, it was Moses. So Moses and Elijah were expected in the end times. There are very many scholars, this one included, who believe that these two, Moses and Elijah, will be the two witnesses of Revelation who oppose the Antichrist during the final three and a half years. The same two the Jews were expecting. And maybe they don't return to earth in resurrection bodies like they did at Jesus' transfiguration. Maybe they return in human bodies. The Antichrist is going to kill them after all when their ministry is done. So has God kept the earthly bodies of Moses and Elijah to complete this very important end-time task in the future? And was Satan inadvertently disrupting that plan by taking Moses' body, maybe to desecrate it in some way. You know, we're never going to know, but it's certainly a possibility. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 